Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Faith. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the hit Netflix show, The Haunting of Bly Manor. This week we are covering episode three, The Two Faces, part one. Three, <laughs> two, one. Um. <laughs> you know what I love about that? That means there's probably going to be a part two, right? Yeah, I was wondering about that, but I didn't want to scroll down on Netflix and like see the other episode titles because then I, you also get the little picture and description of each episode and I didn't want to be spoiled on anything. So yeah. I did not look to be sure if there's a part two, but exactly. Yeah, I'm the same. I try not to look ahead because I don't know. I feel like sometimes the titles can be a little mysterious, but then other times maybe not so much. So and then, of course, like you said, there's the little description that they give. So I thought, yeah, but um, just just seeing that this one was Two Faces Part One, I thought that gives me a pretty good feel of there's probably gonna be a part two, which is appropriate considering how this one kind of ended. It felt a little unfinished, right? Yeah, like, and I'm sure we'll get into all of these details more. We specifically. will. But it's kind of like, you know, the stuff with Quint, where, you know, where it's how bad that, you know, Jamie and stuff is explaining things. It's like, I don't think we saw everything just in this one episode. There's more that happened. Absolutely. And we know, you know, there's a lot more to the to their story uh, with, with Peter Quint and Rebecca Jessel. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yep. I, I think there's a lot more story to, to tell and a lot more to see and um so yeah i guess I'm, I'm guessing we'll probably get more of that as we move along um so what are your general thoughts without going too deep anyway about this um, episode three this week i will say it was an okay episode it, <laughs> okay. it wasn't it wasn't super you know not too crazy not a lot of major stuff happened i'm not saying it was a bad episode mm-hmm. i'd say it's probably the weakest of the three but not 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 necessarily in a bad way. Like I said, it was okay because we got some really good backstory on mm-hmm. like most of the history of Rebecca and Peter, which have been like been these characters that have been mentioned, and there's a lot of stuff that we know going on about them, but we haven't heard anything yet. So it was good to get backstory, and that's what this episode was. That was the point of it. It was was backstory and filling in some of those gaps that we've heard the past two episodes. Exactly. Yeah, and. I don't know. I mean, I liked it for sure. Uh, was it my favorite? Maybe not, but we're only three episodes in. I don't have a whole lot to uh, compare it to at this time just yeah. yet, other than the other first two that we had. Um, but I really liked being able to get introduced to the characters because I feel like, you know, the everything kind of revolves or at least a big part so far of the story revolves around these two and what happened there. And so I think it's important to kind of understand, I mean, clearly, well, what the hell happened then, you know, what did happen and what was their story? And it was a little different than, uh, I think what it was a little different than what I expected, you know, yeah. so anyway, um, but so we don't get too deep. Let's let's go ahead and jump into our top five then so we can start talking about it. Yeah. And um, <laughs> we'll see if we'll see if maybe we'll get your mind changed a little bit. If you'll maybe feel just a little bit differently after we talk it out. Sometimes that happens. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. do you want to kick us off with your number five? All right. Yeah. My number five is 
story time. Um, <laughs> Creepy story time. <laughs> yeah, specific. Yeah, specifically Miles part of that. But Miles' story, which again, the first note that I have under that is Miles, stop being weird. That's going to be just a recurring that's, line that I'm going to keep using. That's our mantra uh, for yes. the season is Miles, stop being weird. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. He has this creepy story. Part of me, I, I almost got, like went back and rewatched a like, third time to copy down the entire thing, but I didn't. I'm being lazy. So I don't have it word for word, but kind of he's he's giving this story about this this puppet maker named Claude who loved his puppets dearly. He said he loved them plenty, even though there were 20. That was mm-hmm. his like rhyme there. He said, but uh, one of them was too stupid. One of them was too silly. One of them was too, uh, I forget what the other, but then, you know, he said, but then the last one, he kind of changes. One was too little. And then there's something that flips in him. You can, it's like, there's something that comes over him. You can tell, like I've mentioned in previous episodes, yes. like his eyes, his eyes kind of glaze over and his body language shifts just slightly. And then it starts getting a little more ominous and a little darker where he's saying Claude went off on a journey and the puppets forgot about him. And then one day he comes back, but they all have forgotten about him and they laugh at him when he says that he created them and he was their master and it made him angry. So then he pulled on their strings and it hurt and it just got really creepy. Uh, I Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad that you brought that up because... Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely was was in my notes a little bit just you know talking about what the hell was up with that creepy puppet story and and what did that mean exactly what because i was like okay so he's talking about the puppet master you know telling these puppets well i created you like i'm your master and Mm -hmm. like the puppets kind of like revolting against that like you've left us and forgotten about us you're not our, you know, kind of like this, like little rebellion with the puppets or something, and yeah. you know, and and them being hurt by their strings being pulled, and I, I'm like, what the hell does this mean? Does it have something to do with this possession that we feel is happening to Miles? Yeah, like he's he's again, the puppet. There's that, <laughs> there's that, and not that I mean because I I'll go ahead and say you know my a further point in this list is is more of on like Peter Quint, but. Uh-huh. But we saw a lot of him. We see his mannerisms and yes. the way he would kind of, the way he would stand, he'd always have his hands in his pockets and he's whistling. And it's a lot of those mannerisms that Miles adopts whenever he slides into this personality. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's very that's, Peter Quint-like. That's my notes too. Yeah. <laughs> it's in my notes. It's, it's not one of my points, but it's in my notes. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That I feel more and more that Peter is somehow possessing miles in some way because of yes like you said the way and we see it more clearly i mean we we've speculated since the episode one like what is going on with that kid he's acting way adult you know Mm -hmm. this is not how a 10 year old either talks behaves not your typical mannerisms you know all of these things that we keep pointing out that's going on with miles and now when you see we we get introduced to to peter quint and you're like holy hell (laughs) it's like this 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 man in this little kid's body, because like you said, the mannerisms, the way he tucks his hand in his pocket when he and it's just the one hand in the yeah. pocket, the way he kind of and the way he just kind of casually, arrogantly strolls away and how aggressive he is, like how yeah. aggressive he was with Danny, like when he was whispering in her ear and tucking 
tucking the hair behind her ear like that. He's like aggressive in his mannerisms. And Peter was aggressive. Yep. In in his mannerisms as well. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's I'm seeing it more and more. And so yeah. where does this the puppet thing tie in? Is it, you know, part of you know, are there are there things that are having a hold over Miles or even Flora has this kind of different personality that she slips into or mm-hmm. Hannah even has it to a small degree where we see her kind of zoning out or she isn't fully aware of what's going on. She kind of goes into these kind of mindsets. And so it's like, are there different things that are work that are like the possession storyline is, you know, are there other things that are kind of controlling and puppeting these people in this house? Yeah. Absolutely. There's a lot, I think, going on in this house. And it's not just this one thing. I think there's multiple things that we don't Mm -hmm. know yet. But yeah, I think this is definitely a part of it. And, and I love that. And, and, you know, just watching like Owen, Jamie's, Danny's and Hannah's faces as the, Mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're going through this whole story time. And then this puppet story from Miles. And when the phone rings and Owen jumps, it's like, thank Christ, Peter Quinn to the rescue. Yeah. I thought that was great. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever would have thought he would have said that. I I laughed so hard. I'm loving him so much every time. And not, and, and, I don't know this actor very well. I know I, I've read that he's from iZombie, which I didn't yeah. watch. Did you ever I watch I think that? I might have watched the first episode, the pilot episode, because I think there was like a Walker Stalker that I was at one year that was like the year that that show premiered. And so they had a oh. whole bunch of iZombie like merch and special stuff. And they might have done like a like sneak preview of the first episode or something. Okay. Well, but that's as much as I have seen. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I know, I know nothing. Um, I mean, I know, mm-hmm. I, I remember hearing a little bit about it, but I never watched it. Didn't really know a whole lot about what, what it was about in detail as far as the storyline. Didn't, wasn't really familiar with the, the um, actors or anything like that, but apparently it's just kind of like one of his more well-known things um, yeah. that, that he's from. I mean, I think he's done other things as well, but this is something where I think he's a little bit more recognizable and was apparently uh, loved in that show as well. Like people really enjoyed him as, you know, as an actor in that show as well. So uh, this is my first introduction to him, but I'm, I yeah, find him same. perfectly splendid. I think he is just absolutely delightful and, and oh, yeah. I think he's wonderful and just absolutely cracked up. I mean, he was cracking me up a lot throughout this episode, but definitely that line was just, and I thought, man, he's all of us in that moment. Like, thank you. Anything to break that tension yeah, away that from was, Miles's. It was getting weird. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he was definitely all of us in that moment, but yeah. that and was really The only great. other thing I wanted to really note about that was the emphasis, I guess, on on that term, like hurt, where he said, you know, and it hurt. And he dropped that because immediately I thought back to earlier when, when the adults wake the kids up after they've been sleeping by the fireplace. And mm-hmm. that's what Miles says to Hannah is he says, I had a bad dream. And she was like, Oh, Poppet calls him Poppet. Mm-hmm. Like Poppet the puppet, which I know is like a term of endearment and like, like a Britishism anyway, towards yes, like kids yes. and stuff. So it's not necessarily that like tied in, but I thought it was a little little poignant, but then he says, you know, the bad dream. He says, I had a dream where I hurt you and it made me sad. Hannah should run. Yeah. <laughs> she should run. If Miles said something like that to me, 
I wouldn't be stroking his hair and being like, <laughs> oh, you never make me sad, Puppet. I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> good night, kids. See ya. Good to know ya. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. Thanks. Bye-bye. It's been fun. Yeah. Creepy. Uh, but sweet Hannah, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. I, I, I noticed that too when I know it was a different term. She says Puppet. He, but didn't he, did, did he say his name was Poppet the Puppet or was it yes. just, mm-hmm. okay. So, he so said, yeah. Pop, Poppet the Puppet. And then Flora said something about like, well, what does that mean? He's like, I'm a puppet named Poppet. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I couldn't, I mm-hmm. just watched the episode, but it's already kind of out of my mind. Uh, okay. Yeah. So see, yeah, just a little weird. And yeah, how he emphasized hurt. Yeah, mm. just hmm. something ain't right with that boy. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> it's all you need to know. Yeah. yeah, I don't know, and I feel bad. They're just kids, you know. Yeah. They're just kids. All right, that that's a really great way to start it out. Anything else you want to say about your that's number it. five? All right. Well, I'm going to jump into um, Mr. Peter Quint. We get to finally meet the man staring back behind the glass there, um, you know, as, you know, he's kind of creeping Danny out and also seems to have some intimidation there at Miles, you know, as he's, you know, Miles is passed out on the floor, picks up right where we left off, you know, last week's episode with Miles you know, feeling sick and about half passed out on the floor and Danny, um, you know, with him and you see him smirking outside the, the, the glass. And I love that cut scene from that to a year ago where we jump into the flashback and you get him where he is still looking through the glass and looks yeah. a little bit like an apparition with his head like on a mannequin's body you know, kind of looking a little out of place in a suit that doesn't fit him. And I don't know, just something about that whole scene just was, you know, kind of oddly appropriate. But yeah. So also we get, we meet him in this flashback to the tune of Tainted Love, which I know. So I was like music section. Yeah, <laughs> and, exactly. I like, and then I wrote it down like I would have done the music section in my notes for um, exactly. like, because anyway, I was like soft cells, Tainted Love is when Peter is shopping at the opening of the episode. <laughs> yeah. We might have to have, you know, as we move on, um, um, you know, there's not a lot of heavy music in here. It's, it's usually just mm-hmm. a lot of very soft, you know, kind of the same music they use from Hill House. Yeah. So there's not a whole lot in here, but we might have to do a small, um, you know, music section on what we hear. So, yeah, very appropriate. I feel tainted love considering what we see throughout this episode. But that was a very appropriate song. Uh, to be introduced to Peter Quint. So we find out, um, you know, a little bit about Peter Quint. We see that he's like the go-to man for Henry Wingrave. Yeah. You know, he's, we see him, he's out running errands. He's picking up, you know, a new clean shirt. He's picking up some booze. Uh, Seems to be some very nice, like he's throwing money around. I'm guessing it's Henry's money, but you know, he's throwing money around. These look like really nice upscale places. Like that shirt was, I'm sure handmade, you know, by a tailor for Henry and it probably fits perfectly. And yeah, you know, this very nice, doesn't look like my liquor store that (laughs) I, that I go to at all. So this looks like a pretty nice upscale place. Yeah. It looked Uh, like one of those kind of like the clothing store where everything was back behind the, Exactly. The, the desk, you know, and you have somebody looking and picking stuff out like, is this the one you want? Here you go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, a little bit different. So we kind of get to, you know, 
see the kind of man he is just a little bit with Henry and giving him a little hair of the dog in the morning, kind of running his his day for him. And he kind of takes over in that whole interview process with Re- with Rebecca. And you can definitely see he's got an interest in her right away. Yeah. That definitely, I think, goes outside of the bounds of just wanting to hire someone, you know, as in a nanny or au pair, whatever term you would like to use. Um, so we find out, or at least to me, what I pick up a lot on as I'm watching him is I feel like there's not a whole lot of genuine behavior or he's just not a very genuine person, you know, with his interactions with other people. Yeah. It seems like every conversation that he has with someone is an attempt to kind of figure out what they want so he can manipulate them. Mm-hmm. Did you kind I'm, of feel that a little bit? It took me a little bit because I, I mean, I have it in the back of my head based off of the, the way he was referred to, not even by name in the other episodes, but like, oh, this guy came in and took all of Henry's money and he was the reason mm-hmm. that, you know, Rebecca was broken and it's like all this. So it's like, you immediately know, oh, this is the guy. So you know something's coming, but like putting that aside... For a lot of like the first part of all this, like even like when he was there talking to Rebecca at the house for like the first time, I felt that he seemed very genuine. Mm-hmm. But then I think it's whenever he has that talk with her during the storm kind of or no, uh, maybe before that one. Where, you know, he's kind of grilling her a little bit of like, you know, I see I see you. I see what you're doing. You uh-huh. took this job knowing that Henry was this huge, big, important person and you're, you know, everything that you've done, you're trying to get a leg up. You're trying to, there's like, you're, you're planning all of this stuff. And I see that. And so I think at that point we realize like, he's really good at picking people apart like that because he probably is the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's what I thought too. And it was I mean, as, as you get further into the episode, and, and I'm sure we'll talk more about it in detail, but yeah. you can kind of see clearly how this was definitely not the love story I was thinking of, you know, when we first hear about Rebecca and, and Peter Quint and that she had, you know, fallen for this guy and something terrible had happened and she ended up, you know, drowning herself in the lake and which we still don't know like exactly all the circumstances behind that. But that's the little part that we know so far in this whole tragedy that you know, he, he left and left her behind and, and she was just, you know, for whatever reason, killed herself over it. And it it seemed tragic. And so then to kind of learn a little bit, or at least uh, I feel like we're going to get more to it. There's probably more to it, but we're definitely seeing a lot of how toxic it is, which, you know, that's Mm -hmm. kind of one of my other points. So I don't want to go too deep into the relationship yet. I want to kind of talk a little bit more about Peter Quint. You know, we, we, we get this flashback of him and we're kind of seeing a little bit of his behavior and kind of understanding who he is just a little bit. And then we're hearing uh, from like Owen and Hannah and Jamie, you know, they were there during those times and and they saw all of this unfold and, and the relationship between those two. And, you know, they're talking about, you know, how manipulative he was. He was a thief. He stole money from Henry Wingrave. Uh, We see him take the wine from the wine cellar, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he says he has Henry's blessing, but do we really believe that? Probably not. No, um, he, he says there's he's a taking, lot of those things. Yeah. Where he's 
yeah, I'm sure you were going right on to that. So. <laughs> yeah, well, and then he, you know, they go to the, the Forbidden Wing yeah. and he's got this fur coat. And is he really taking an inventory of all of that? I don't know, maybe, but did is he really allowed to just give that code away? Probably not. So you you can just you're you're definitely getting a glimpse into who this guy really is and mm-hmm. how toxic he is. So, um, so then it, it it makes you wonder, you know, what happened to him then? Because everyone seems to believe this guy's alive. Yeah. When we see him, and I don't know, he looks kind of dead to me. He's disappearing off of, you know, he's like there one minute on the parapet whenever Danny sees him for that first time. It's like he's there. And then like she blinks and he's gone. Now, could someone move that quickly? Uh, Maybe. But then, you know, he keeps like fading in and out from the windows and just like fading into nothing. He doesn't even really quite disappear. He just kind of fades into nothing. Mm -hmm. And then there's the whole where we were pretty darn sure. I mean, I could be wrong because I feel like this if there's one thing that Mike Flanagan is really great out, <laughs> great at whenever, especially when you like look at Hill House and things, you know, there are twists. Yeah. So this could very well be a twist that I, I just, I, I can't foresee yet, or I don't know, or haven't been exposed to yet, but we're feeling pretty confident at this point that he's somehow possessing Miles, which I feel like you can't do when you're alive. So mm-hmm. I'm feeling fairly confident that this guy's dead. However, they don't seem to like if he is they don't know that like they firmly believe he's alive and because they're out there they're calling the police they think he's out on the property you know they think he's the one making these prank calls you know hoping that rebecca will be the one to answer or something um so i don't know what did happen to this guy and why how come they don't know and and if he you know if he did die did he die a blind man or is that why he's there um or is he alive and we're just we don't, you know, we're full of shit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. A lot of mystery, but really interesting to to kind of get to meet uh, Peter Quint and really good to kind of see a little bit more of, um, is it Oliver, Oliver Jackson Cohen? Yeah. That's his name. Mm-hmm. I think seeing him on screen and hearing that Scottish accent, I think threw a lot of ladies into ovulation. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. But uh, I got a good feeling about it anyway, that um, he's a handsome, handsome fella in that accent. (laughs) I dig it. So anyway, a really good introduction to to this character and kind of getting to see, seeing a little bit of a a side of him that I wasn't quite expecting. I thought it was going to be a little bit more of a sweet kind of story and it, uh, it's not going that way. No. (laughs) So do you have any thoughts about the introduction and meeting him for the first time and getting to see him a little bit? Who he is? Um, let me see, because I had him as kind of my number one, but it kind of com- like oh, combined everything. Come back to him later. So I know that you know you want to talk more about the like toxic stuff later. So as far as out- outside of that, then yeah, I don't think so. Other than just kind of again repeating, but yeah, it seems like everybody doesn't. You know, he's not assumed dead by anyone. He did the the official story is that he took the money the money and ran. Mm-hmm. And so if it is a ghost that's haunting this place, then it is a good question. Like, well, then what would have happened? Exactly. Mm-hmm. God, what if he's like one of those, uh, you know, he like he was in the house. You know how like those old 
mansions have like secret corridors and secret passages and stuff what if he like was snooping around um bly manor and got stuck or fell somewhere and they never found his body and he like died wow in the wall (laughs) somewhere and that's why he's like (laughs) 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 i'm just I, I I watch way too much <laughs> like TV. I don't know, but I'm just trying to think. Why is he still there? I'm, I'm convinced he's dead. Like I said, there's there's probably some twists and things I don't see. Maybe I'm just yeah. blind to it right now. Well, but I'll take into, I feel like he's <laughs> he's gone. Yeah, into consideration, I guess the the hand that Danny sees on her bed. Ugh. I was yeah. trying to figure out because I mean the lighting. It's dark in the room. They shot it in a way that it's hard to tell. But the one thing mm-hmm. I noticed is because it's like that, the uh, the the watch on the wrist, which he always had. Hmm. And I couldn't tell, you know, skin tone and if there's hair on the arm and stuff. Again, and the way it was shot, it was kind of hard to see for sure who the hand could belong Interesting. to. But I'm, I you thought know, it was that ghost, like her ghost. Yeah, maybe. It, yeah, that could be. I may be way off, but like part of me was wondering if it could have been Peter Quint. To where it's kind of maybe something did happen to him. Maybe someone killed him on the property of Blind Manor and is (laughs) acting like he was gone. But really, I mean, who had the most problems with him, Jamie or Hannah? Would one of them be, you know, possibly have killed him and then hidden it and covered it up? Who knows? (laughs) I I think Hannah did. And I Mm -hmm. think in in her doing something, something happened to her. Mm -hmm. And I think she's dead. Yeah, so this is the fourth candle, her, or Peter. Or <laughs> I, I, I think it's her. <laughs> I, I think it's her. I think she write, She she lights one for the parents each, so there's two. She lights one for Rebecca, and mm-hmm. I think the fourth is for her. I like it. But, yeah. She has some ghost-like get, qualities. She creeps around at night crazy... sometimes. She doesn't sleep. She doesn't eat or drink. <laughs> There's just something going on. I don't know. And like I said, I I I get I come up with crazy theories sometimes <laughs> and I and I am so wrong a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm I will definitely cop up to that. I don't know everything. It's just uh things I'm kind of throwing out there. I I feel something is going on with Hannah. I don't feel she's quite alive. I I just don't. And I think she did something. I think she would be the one to do something to Peter Quint. Mm-hmm. And I think in that process, something happened to her. Yeah, I know that scene in the in like the forbidden wing there. You could, you know, see the disdain yeah. on her face for him. And I think to protect like those kids and you know everyone else that she would do that, mm-hmm. or I mean, not sacrifice herself necessarily, but take him out. I mean, Jamie seemed ready to take him out. She yeah. was more than happy to add him to her tally of dead rats. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Um, yeah, that's all I've got to say about that. Well, I'll have more to say because I I, I wanted to talk just about him, but I'll definitely have more to say. And I'm sure you will as well, um, about them, like as a couple, um, and, and, you know, how that kind of unfolded. So Mm -hmm. anyway, that's all I want to say about him at this time. So what is your number four? My number four is I couldn't come up with any good, like couple name for them because there's nothing just rolls out you know you're like the brangelina kind of thing oh yes no yes Damie or, or Janny. no that just doesn't sound good but <laughs> dj uh, <laughs> oh there you go but just but yeah danny and jamie and uh some real gay vibes and i'm uh, living for mm-hmm. it 
And I was just like, mm-hmm. you know, the first time where they're kind of sitting on the couch together and everybody else is kind of dozing off or asleep. And I was like, maybe it's nothing, but, you know, I wouldn't be mad about it. They'd be a cute couple. They're cute together. I'm like, you know, maybe I, I, I sign off on it. This is cool. And then they have that conversation about, you know, mixing up love and possession, which, you know, definitely goes into, you know, about Peter and Rebecca. Yeah. But then I like the possession being the the word she uses is kind of interesting because mm-hmm. then Danny then uses the word ownership later. But Jamie really used the word possession. Uh, <laughs> but I thought it was a kind of a strange yeah. follow up, you know, you know, after that conversation for them to start like dropping hints and looking at each other and flirting with each other kind of very slyly after having this conversation about manipulative relationships. But mm-hmm. But it was, it was cool, you know, then at the very end is where it really solidifies it, where they get pretty close. And I really thought there was going to be a kiss there for a second. But I know Danny was holding her hand a little long and then Jamie kind of breaks away from it. But she looks surprised yet pleased, you know, but she says, you know, who the hell knew? And then gets in her car and drives off. But I was like talking to the screen right before the, the ending final scare kind of thing. But like I was talking to it there for a little bit. I was like go for it Danny it's like Jamie's awesome Do it. you deserve it I think because then we see that other ghost kind of at the end I was like I still don't know your backstory but I assume and I feel like you deserve love maybe <laughs> yes just lean in just lean in that's what I was like I was like trying to like through my own body like make them like lean in <laughs> just kiss just do it yeah but, you know, I worry and I love that. I, I think they have great chemistry together. I love seeing them on screen together. I think mm-hmm. they have an easy vibe together. It was, you know, kind of a funny slash scary moment when they ran into each other outside, you know, while they're both kind of sweeping the property, you know, for Peter Quint. And, uh, you know, I thought that was really cute between them. And, you know, like I said, then sitting, you know, by the fires, the kids were asleep and then outside there at the end. And so I'm I'm totally loving those two together and think that, you know, oh, wow. But at the same time, I worry because it's like looking at how this 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 love story with uh, Rebecca and, and Peter, I'm like, I'm a little worried about shipping those two. Maybe I don't want them, you know, because it seems like any kind of like love story isn't possible there at Bly Manor mm-hmm. or something like it's just not possible in that place. And, and so I don't know. I I worry that it wouldn't work out for some terrible reason because of, of where they happen to be. Yeah. But um, I do love them together. I think they're absolutely adorable. So I don't know. Let's see where that goes. Yep. Yeah, I'm all for it. <laughs> but then also, yeah, yeah, who knows? Like you said, Bly Manor just kind of seems a place that just sucks that out. And there's not a lot of... <sighs> Doesn't seem like a great place to have a nurturing, like healthy... Mm-hmm. Um, love story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Something about that place. <laughs> That was great. I like that. Good number four. Really sweet moment with them. Um, or a couple sweet moments in that episode. Um, well, I want to talk a little bit about uh, my number four, another mystery that I'm kind of wondering about. We we talked uh, in that first episode about Henry Wingrave and his absence from Bly Manor. Yeah. And, you know, how disinterested he seemed to be in caring for his his niece and nephew. Like he really just wanted no part of it wanted to make sure that that job got handed off to someone else um, in some other form or fashion. And we see in this episode, you know, 
uh, he's been informed that, hey, we think Peter Quint might be snooping around. And we've called the cops. He's like, oh, keep me posted. (laughs) Danny calls the doctor for Flora, tells Peter, sorry, I was going to say Peter, (laughs) um, tells Henry, hey, you know, I'm worried about Flora. I've called the doctor and, oh, well, keep me posted. And so we see that it's like there's not going to be anything that gets him out there. And you're thinking, man, what is up with this guy? But, you know, I'm starting to wonder if, you know, his absence isn't just from a disinterest in his niece and nephew. I'm wondering if he had some traumatic encounter, uh, either supernatural or human, uh, there at Bly Manor. Yeah. And that's why he absolutely refuses to come back out there. You know, Hannah's like, you know, oh, well, you know, maybe if you tell him you're calling the corner, you know, it might get him out here. Mm-hmm. You know, like it would take a lot to get him out there. And it seems like it's not something that she's not familiar with it just seems like that's how she's she's known him to be for some time so it makes you wonder if, if it's more than just that you know? I would think so. we saw that i mean we saw that picture he yeah. seemed like he i mean if we are to assume that the, the picture we saw was flora and miles with their parents and then henry too that it, it, you know that it seemed like a, a a friendly family kind of photo yeah. like an easy easy relationship with all of them. Like he enjoyed his, and like I said, I don't know if it was his brother or his sister or how they were related, but you know, and then his yeah. nieces and nephews and now for him I'd to assume be so, brother since it's Wingrave, because we have now established that miles and Flora are also Wingrave. Oh yeah, yeah. you're right. See, I didn't even, yeah. didn't even make that connection, but yep, you're right. That makes, that makes perfect sense. So yeah. Okay. That would make sense. So, um, but it seemed like, you know, a nice picture and seemed like an easy, you know, they seemed to be smiling. So, you know, it, you can't just turn around and, and hate the kids, you know? So yeah. is there another reason why he won't go back to blind manor? And when you see how creepy the damn place is and all the damn hidden ghosts and all the creepy <laughs> shit that seems to be happening around there, I'm willing to bet something weird happened. Yeah. And he's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> It might Have actually fun, be kids. the only smart kind of decision made. Like, no, I don't, I don't want to go back. I don't want to deal with them. Well, Miles is weird. It's like, it's like I said, you know, as soon as the kid starts l- talking to something behind, like looking over my shoulder and talking to something that isn't there, I'm fucking out of there. <laughs> so it wouldn't even have to, to be directly at me. Just something weird like that. I'm out. Forget <laughs> it. I'm not going back. I'll meet you at the end of the driveway is what I say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come meet me down here. I'll visit you down here. I'm not stepping foot on that property where that damn plague doctor's, you know, uh, being all weird and, and sitting around, you know, out in plain sight. And you got the lady of the lake and you got all these weird ass things happening. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, just, just a quick point that I wanted to kind of, you know, just kind of mention because we kind of see it a little bit here. It's a little bit echoed again whenever he's interviewing Rebecca, you know, um, his kind of standoffish manner, which he could be just kind of standoffish. But again, how he just is definitely not interested in coming out to Bly Manor, even when it, you know, means that there could be, you know, uh, his former employer, employee, sorry, you know, lurking about or one of his, um, nieces or nephews could be ill yeah you know you still can't get him out there so it's like what the hell man (laughs) so anyway quick point but i'll leave it at that that's my number four all right what's your number three three is also another quick point um that 
we talked about it a little bit, but I just have it as my beautiful Owen, my wonderful, fantastic, perfectly splendid Owen. <laughs> yeah. But just, yeah. He's so great. I, just, I love him and his character. And man, it's just the the beautiful puns. He went on a whole, <laughs> he just went on a whole rampage of cake batter puns. He did. And it was incredible. So I've made some good cakes in my day, but this one is batter. <laughs> <laughs> and then he yes. goes to give Hannah a bite, which she didn't want, but she actually did eat some of it. So mm-hmm. it's possible. Maybe I, I, so I still don't know what's going on there because she did eat some, but she didn't want to. So question those things. I don't know. But then he's, oh, no, you're a battered woman. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, he's going to keep running. I know they're terrible, but he makes me uh, laugh. Keep running he really it. does make me laugh. And then, of course, they get tied down. You know, you know, we have Team Flora wanting more strawberry. We have Team Miles wanting more lemon. And he says, well, it looks like we've got a proper batter, proper batter, or batter royale. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> it's like, oh, he's just going to keep it. firing them off. <laughs> Batter up, He's send the next one in. Come on. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> See, I'll, I'll get in the mix myself, won't I? Oh, God. I'm gonna... <laughs> oh, oh, no. We had to cut you off. <laughs> I can't stop. It's just too sweet. Oh, no. I'm... <laughs> but yeah, uh, but uh, besides his, his great punniness, we mentioned the, the funny line. He says, you know, oh, thank Christ, Peter Quint to the rescue. But then <laughs> he's the one that kind of comes up with the thought when they're discussing, you know, why would why would be why would Peter be running around here? Why would he be coming back? And mm-hmm. he's the one that brings up the idea that maybe these prank phone calls, if they've been suspected of prank calls, maybe Peter calling in the hopes that Rebecca would pick up. And they're like, well, why would he be calling for a dead woman? And then he mm-hmm. kind of confirms slash reveals i mean we kind of knew that he had run off before she had died but this fact that maybe you know when he ran off of course after stealing you know emptying an entire bank account from a like i don't know he's a millionaire billionaire whatever henry wherever he's at Mm -hmm. you know yeah of course he would just like be on the low and not be a part of like typical society for a while and then the news of rebecca's death didn't really spread much further than the county is what owen had said so he was like, well, maybe he has no idea that she died. And so now he's he's trying to reach back out to her for some reason, which Danny has a hard time kind of wrapping around because, you know, why would he want to reach back to the person that he abandoned? You know, if the, if the love was real, then wouldn't he have taken her with him and all of this? Right. But there's a little more to that, I guess, in a way, because then, you know, the next time the phone rings and Danny says hello and there's silence and she has Peter. And then that's when you hear the click on the other line. So somebody was waiting on the line until after that, and then they hung up. I know. <laughs> I know. And it's just, yeah, I agree. There's there's a lot going on. And I feel like the way that they cut and shoot and edit, some of these things are, are things that are telling us things. We just don't know yet to pick up on yeah. them. But I feel like they're in front of our face. Yeah, and then of course my heart just breaks for Owen at the end of the episode because then oh. the next time the phone rings and Jamie thinking again it's it's Peter, which is kind of mm-hmm. drops probably the worst thing you could say 
when she's getting the news that oh, Owen's mother had passed away is answering the phone goes, sorry, Pete, but she's dead. And <laughs> Oh, I know it. <laughs> she didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> to where I, I mean, I guess she was half right. Um, sadly, but you know, just wrong. She, yeah, but just the way she looks, Oh, Owen, I'm so sorry. And then just that look over his face and, you know, they, he goes outside and he's got to go, go back home and take care of that. And then Hannah whispers something in his ear, which is inaudible. They don't mean for us to pick mm. up on anything, but it seems to like no, surprise I, him for a second, but then console him. And I want to know what she said so bad. <laughs> I know. I hope we find mm. out. I, yeah, I, and I suck at reading lips. So, mm. I mean, nothing came across on closed captioning. Yeah. There was, you know, no indication of what she said and I suck at reading lips. So yeah. I needed the, I definitely didn't get any of <laughs> that closed captioning as well. I, I always have it on when I'm watching this for, for notes, you know, on my, my first watch and stuff I do, and then I turn it off for when I'm just really wanting to just watch and pick up on extra stuff. But I've noticed, yeah, yeah so it was, you know, they didn't say what she said. It was inaudible. But I even didn't realize, like, the closed captioning for this episode, and maybe not for everybody, for, but, but for my own sake, I needed it for a lot of Peter Quint, because that thick accent. Thick Kind of hard to pick Scottish up on a lot of what brogue. he was saying without it. Yeah. Those thick accents. <laughs> yeah, for, for this episode and for a lot of times when I'm watching um, British Baking Show. <laughs> <laughs> Because you get some contestants, well, and sometimes just Paul Hollywood himself mm -hmm. sometimes, but some of the contestants have, you know, they're, they're from, you know, Scotland and we've got one guy on there now who's, and I know you're watching yeah. Cake, so one of the contestants has like a thick Irish accent, mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes they get to talking and they're all talking and you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this room full of accents. And when it's even mixed in with the ones that you can't understand, it's just too much and overwhelming. So, so yeah, definitely, uh, needed it with peter quint yeah. and some of the things he was saying yeah i, ho I hope we find out what that was mm -hmm. because yeah that was interesting but yeah but just again yeah so to, to, to wrap that up then again just uh owen is precious and we shall protect him at all costs that's kind of those things oh, where like that was that was hard because he's uh, he's been so happy and cheerful mm. and joyful you know he was so friendly to danny when he went and picked her up from london and you know he was so welcoming to her and just seeing the easy relationship that he has there in the household with with hannah and uh, Jamie and the kids and how much fun they were all having. And then to see this, yeah. how sad he was. And it, it just, it broke my heart. It really did. I, my heart broke for him there at the end. And knowing that he probably felt really guilty because he wasn't there, mm -hmm. that, you know, he had decided to stay there at Bly Manor, you know, because of the potential threat they thought of Peter Quint lurking about and that it was good to have more people. Cause I mean, I guess it just seems like, you know, he, him and Jamie go home and it's just Danny and Hannah with the kids, yeah. you know, and they're way out here in the country by themselves and they're just, they're alone with a couple of kids. So, you know, more people you have in the house, the better to kind of protect things and keep an eye on things. And so it was really nice that, that they stayed. And then because he stayed, that happens to be when his mom passes. Yeah. So it just absolutely devastating yeah. for him. And it makes unlike, you know, my other watches, then it's like, you know, some of the stuff that he says makes a little bit more heavy, I guess, as I would say dark humor, because it's not really funny as much as like a dark, like an irony is when he's 
you know, in the chapel with Hannah and he tells her, you know, I can stay. And she's like, no, you need to, you know, you can go. Everything's fine. And he's like, I don't mind. And he says, it's just one day. And I'm sure my mother could use a break from me. In fact, a whole day without me might make the difference. Yeah. Like, yeah. He was like, that could be the thing that makes the the biggest difference is me not being there. And kind of, I don't know, it probably wouldn't have mattered whether or not he was there, but. Yeah. I mean, if it was her time, mm-hmm. she was, you know, there wouldn't have been anything he could do anyway, but he probably still, you know, feels tremendous guilt that he wasn't there with yeah. her. I know my heart broke for Owen. I hated seeing him so sad. That was devastating. You know, so we're only three episodes in and I, I care very deeply for yeah. Owen. <laughs> very sweet character. Um, but, you know, you mentioned something and it, it, I feel like it kind of validates a little bit something that I was saying about Hannah and, you know, how we're like, you know, oh, is she dead? And could she, you know, we feel like she's dead and could she be dead and speculating that? It's like you said in this episode, you know, we still don't really see her eating or drinking a lot, but she does try the cake batter. Mm-hmm. And this is in the flashback when Rebecca's alive and Peter is alive. Yeah. And we see today with Danny and everything going on, she's not, she doesn't eat, she doesn't drink. She, she they, they pointed out again, you know, Owen offers to pour her, you know, a little bit more of something in her, in her cup. She's like, Oh no, no, you know, I, I'm good. And refuses it. And Jamie takes the cup away from yeah. her. And so we see again, she doesn't eat or drink anything is it's, they're always making a point, yeah. at least in every episode in one way or another to point that out. And it's like, so she was alive. Mm-hmm. So that's a good flashback. point. Yeah. It's like, you know, the one time that we do see her actually eat something, it's kind of, you know, they misdirect by making it seem like she still wouldn't because she didn't want to at first. But she did. I know. I could but be. That is, but, I could be completely. But like you said, that's Peter and Rebecca are both alive at that time. So going off of, you know, the theory that you brought up of something going wrong between her and Peter and they both died, well, that would have been before that. So she would have been alive at that time. Yeah, I'm probably completely batshit with my theories, but I feel really good about it right now. So I don't know. We'll see when I get knocked off this horse later. And <laughs> I'm completely wrong, but right now I'm, I'm feeling good about it because I'm like, something is up. She's she ate. I know it wasn't. It, it was a small thing, small thing, small detail. Yeah. But she refuses every drink, every little morsel of food. In just three episodes, we've seen her refuse so far, mm-hmm. but she. She tastes that batter. And to me, that made a big difference, Um, you know, and seeing that in the flashback versus how she is like a year later. And she saw the crack in the wall at the church again. Or I I know it was in a different location, but she saw a a crack again. What the hell does that mean? the exact same crack. Like it looks, because I did, you know, I have, I use TV time to go through and most people on there are really good about sticking to the episode at hand so they don't spoil stuff in Mm -hmm. advance. So I like to run, mm-hmm. you know, through there and kind of check what people are talking about the episode and see some other theories and stuff after I've watched it and got all my notes done because I don't want it to, you know, give me you too, to color. Yeah but, yeah. but I did notice, you know, there was a little side by side of the crack she sees in the chapel and the crack that she sees in the kitchen. And it's exact same, like the way that they branch off. And it's like it's like an image, like a there's something to. <laughs> yeah. 
And I and I mean I didn't I didn't see that same side by side, but I mm-hmm. thought that looks exactly yeah. like that crack she saw in the kitchen wall that she told Jamie about. And there she is in the chapel, and it's the same. You know, it's different locations, so clearly it's not something that's specific to the kitchen. Uh, probably not specific to the chapel, but it means something. And she seemed kind of you know like, well, what is that? You know, what's going on? And you know. She saw it in the kitchen. Now she's seeing it here. Um, she seemed a little taken aback by it. So <sighs> weird, weird. Um, gosh, was that your number three? That yeah, was okay. Okay, got, totally got lost on a tangent <laughs> there. Just kind of tagging on to yours, and I thought, gosh, was that mine or was that yours? Um, that's awesome. Okay, so my number three. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about. Uh, the people of Bly Manor, because we were already kind of talking about them, but something that I wanted to call out specifically that I really liked in this episode was that even though they didn't see Peter Quint through the window like Danny did, and, you know, this is not the first time that she says that she saw someone, but this is the first time that she's able to, like, name him. Yeah. Like, she saw she saw this picture, and she's like, this is who I saw, and they're like, oh, my God, that's Peter Quint. Um, but they don't even, like, question it. They just you know, they kind of rally around Danny and it's like, she's already a part of their little family there at Blind Manor, you know? So Owen and Jamie uh, and Hannah all just believe her. And and, And they call the police when she's like, you know, he's out there lurking about and, you know, Hannah even intimidates the police guy (laughs) into taking more action. Uh, you know, to, to do another sweep and to, you know, like, let's take this seriously. You know, we're, you know, there's something going on and we're kind of frightened here. Um, so I love how they all kind of rally around her and they don't really question it. Like it can't be him, you know, it just, it can't be him because of X, Y, and Z. They don't discount her. They don't dismiss her. They just immediately believe her at at what she says and rally around her like a real family would. And I really love that. Yeah. And, you know, the way that Owen and Hannah, or sorry, Owen and Jamie, sorry, um, decide to stay the night, you know, like, well, how about we just stay the night and and we'll keep an eye on things and, you know, hopefully, you know, nothing will happen or whatever, but in case something does, they'll, they'll be here. So I just, I love that, you know, she's the new person. They don't really have, they don't really know that much about her, but, you know, because she's there, they already consider her family. And I just, I, I really liked that. I was like, that is really nice. You know, this tight knit little, you know, family unit there and that they all surrounded her and protected her um, and protected the kids and, and just believed her. I thought that that meant a lot. Yeah, that's really good. I know if that was me, that would mean a lot, you know, that these people, you don't really know that well, but they, they believe you and they don't even question you and say that you could be wrong. Mm-hmm. So it's good. I like it. Quick point, but it just, I, I, to me, it was really special. So, so what is your number two? Number two, I have just kind of a list of recurring questions we have, recurring themes and stuff that we've just been seeing Mm -hmm. in each episode. Um, we've covered a lot of them, you know, with Hannah, you know, not drinking or eating anything, the connection between Miles and Peter. We have, you know, Hannah seeing the crack in the wall, but then, I've got a few others. Um, again, with like a lot of the the repeated phrases and words, 
that we've seen there. We see, you know, perfectly splendid startup, but this time Rebecca is the first one that uses it, it seems. Yes, kinda... she planted a seed that has grown yeah. tremendously. <laughs> it's, it's her thing. You know, Miles says, you know, I hear you're our very own Mary Poppins. And she says, well, I may not be practically perfect, but I am perfectly splendid. And Flora just runs with that. She loves it. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of see maybe that was the beginning of that, which then there's maybe more of a connection between Flora and Rebecca than we think. <laughs> I mean, we've seen mm-hmm. some before, but, you know, I think of the first episode and Flora's in the bath and, you know, oh, you can't have that hair, you know, that comb, that piece, you know, it's like, because that's, that's Rebecca, that's Miss Jessel's. And then the way she's looking kind of past Danny and, oh, never mind, it's okay. So, I mean, is there say, maybe a similar connection between Flora and Rebecca the way that there's a more insidious one with Miles and Peter? I don't know. I think there's a lot of speculation <laughs> yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's one of those, mm-hmm. it's a lot of things to think about, little theories and speculation that not much to go on versus, you know, past just like, well, it seems to make sense. Um, hmm But let's see. What else? Uh, another, like, wording like that. Uh, the doctor kind of echoes the same thing that we've seen Hannah say so many times where, you know, Danny's saying she was inconsolable and it was just, you know, and doctor says, well, it's not surprising, you know, given what they've been through, which Hannah has said so many times is what do you expect because of what they've been through? You know, no yeah. surprise what they've been through. It's all, you know, a lot of these things are repeated. And so it was enough to kind of perk my ears up and have me note that down that even the doctor uses that same phrasing Mm-hmm. And then we get, of course, Danny's ghost. I'm just calling him Bright Eyes. Um, <laughs> you know, back again, but this time not in a mirror. He's standing right there in front of her. And then, you know, he was there for a long time and it lingered on it enough to where I remember what you were saying last week about the reflection and the light in his glasses. And, I mean, it seems pretty spot on because I really took some time to to look at that and the thought of like car headlights or something that looks that definitely does look like that. Kind of does. And then he just kind of goes flying backwards into the house. Like right before we cut the end of the episode, you know, we cut to credit, but that was pretty scary. But yeah, again, so it's like, it seems like even if, you know, he came with Danny, he's getting stronger here too. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Didn't like that. <laughs> and then the only other thing that I have on here, of course, you know, we mentioned the the phone calls continuing and then the ghosts, which I know, again, you have the, the section where you kind of break down all of them. But I had some stuff about that, that my first watch specifically, I only saw one. I did not spot much of anything. My first go around. <laughs> And these are pretty hard to yeah, spot some of these were because they they're, they're doing something a little different like with in hill house they were hidden and sometimes hard to see but they were usually fairly clear mm-hmm. here a lot of them are kind of blurred yeah a little blurry so I had, they're a little <laughs> bit more difficult to see i had a few that i thought so, that i saw but i was like but it could be because like when they're outside it's like well i know they're in the statue garden area so those might just be the statues like i can't Tell yeah. if that's a figure well, gonna, or if that's, and you'll break all of them down. So like, so I was just like, we're going to talk I about only it. Saw I like promise. One when Danny comes downstairs and sees Jamie asleep on the couch, the little girl ghost is standing in the, 
like well, hallway there. There's gonna some. I hope I can talk about them because I'm gonna be honest with you. I can't. These every time we start talking about those hidden ghosts, and I start talking about them, I keep checking over my shoulder. <laughs> it really freaks the hell out of me. There's some really good placement, and it really just scares the shit out yeah. of me because they're. It's like exactly what you would think of, like if if th- those are the types of things that you believe in, and mm-hmm. you know these haunted homes, and that these things can happen. They set it up just like you would expect it. You know, um, yeah, to to actually kind of happen or how you would imagine it so it really freaks the hell out of me i hope i can <laughs> hope i can get through that without you know yeah. and i hope i can sleep tonight also <laughs> after talking i, I feel you on that because i caught there was you know two more really good ones that i caught on my second watch on my own that they do like even though like you know i see them i'm like oh yeah there it is but it like it's not really scary but it does like startle me for a second where i'm like oh god like oh that's right there how did i miss that like it gets like that little like split second of like, ugh. And like two of them, I don't know how I missed the first time, uh, is when Rebecca is in the room with Flora and, you know, Peter comes in with the flowers and they're talking. It's like mm-hmm. right behind Rebecca. It's like a full, just like in view. It's like a guy in like a military uniform. Yeah. Just standing against the wall, like right behind her. <laughs> and it's like, ah, yeah. like he's right there. How did I miss that the I first know. time? And then I know the- it's disturbing <laughs> and I know it's a different kind of scare yeah. than Hill House and Hill House had, had hidden ghosts, too. And it's a little bit of a different scary. But to me, this is just as scary. Yeah. Seeing seeing those. And yeah. And then we're going to talk about it because there, there might have been some that you missed. I know there, oh, yeah. there was a I know there's that a I lot missed, that so. I missed on this episode. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, right. we're going to talk the about one it. Probably creeped me out the most. It was like the most like like quick startle. Like, oh, God was the doll thing from the cellar in the last episode. Oh, Jesus Is, you know, when, you know, Danny walks in to wake up the kids and Miles is already awake and being creepy and, you know, mentions something about Flora being gone and she goes into the room to see, you know, Flora's bed is empty. If you look in the mirror in Flora's room, that doll is sitting just like somewhere in the room where you can only see it's, in the mirror it's, it's and then it kind of moves it just moves wall. like real quick it moves like head. it did in the cellar and it's like god damn it no <laughs> yep yeah it's it's pretty fucked up <laughs> <laughs> it scared the shit out of me because <laughs> it wasn't there when she walked in the room mm-hmm. but then it's in the reflection and yes it moves its head when danny you know doesn't see flora and she turns to walk out the door it follows danny with the motion of her head it's (laughs) fucked up that was one of the that was the probably the one that really disturbed me the most (laughs) jesus this i I, there's not enough medication (laughs) to to get through this screw you mike flanagan (laughs) i know we we have such a good time covering all these episodes until we get kind of to this point where we start talking about the ghosts and then you're i'm good until we get to that to talk about this (laughs) i know i'm i'm like oh can't we just skip that part please i'm home alone and my dogs are are weenies they're not going to protect me (laughs) they're going to hide under the bed um 
Well, I'll jump into my number two right. just to get off the subject of the hidden <laughs> ghost because we're going to get get to all of that in due time. I'm going to steal myself, maybe go get a, take a shot before I get to that part. But yours actually kind of tied into mine too. And, and mine was more specifically callbacks, but it kind of ties into some of what you were talking about, like with the repetitive phrases and things mm-hmm. that we're kind of seeing come back around and the origin of some things like the perfectly splendid. So that that makes sense. So we see where that comes from. Yeah. Um, but one thing that can, comes to mind was uh, Miles talking about keys in episode two. Yeah. And how he was telling Father Stack, you know, I was just trying to find your key. Or was he talking to his roommate about that? He said it will. No, not his roommate, but his little bunk mate. Yeah, I think the bunk mate, he, he said I was trying to find, the, to find the, right the right key. And then with, with yeah. Father Stack, he told him I was trying to find your key. Yeah, so we kind of learn what he meant by that, mm-hmm. you know, cause it was like, well, that seems peculiar, doesn't it? For, for a child to say like, how, why would he refer to, I mean, I, I feel like I understood what he was talking about, what he meant by, I had to find the right key. He's basically just trying to find what it, what he can use to get to that person. Yeah. Um, and that's where he learned it was Peter Quint. Yeah was because we hear that little speech about you know how he's kind of teaching him about life and life is just all about finding that person's right key you know that people are like closed doors and what do you do with all the you know what do you do to open a closed door you have to find the right key that fits and i was like you son of a bitch Mm -hmm. he's turning miles into like a little psychopath (laughs) Because even without like this whole possession thing going on, I don't think that he was like that when he was at school, but he was learning. He kind of learned from, you know, watching Peter, you know, and I'm sure he probably kind of looks up to him a little bit. You know, he, his dad is dead. His uncle Henry gives two shits mm-hmm. about them and doesn't come see them. He doesn't, he's got Owen, you know, as a, as a role model. So that's good. Yeah. I feel like Owen's a good guy and would be a good role model or a good, you know, male figure in his life. But other than that, he's got Peter Quinn, mm-hmm. which we're learning is not such a stand up good guy yeah. and probably not the guy to be teaching life lessons to young impressionable children. So I thought that was an interesting little callback, kind of learning where that comes from. Uh, the flowers that Peter gave to Flora, but he meant for Rebecca definitely echoed when miles gave those flowers to Danny, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the exact same flowers. flowers. Quint move. <laughs> yeah. Flowers. That's, he knows a key to women. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's very often for most women, flowers are their key. And did you hear miles when he, after he brought the flowers and he said, you didn't go make a mess in Jamie's flower bed. Did yeah. you, <laughs> you know, that'll make her cross. And then what the hell happens in the previous episode, whenever he gives those flowers to Danny, there's a mess in Jamie's flower bed and she goes ballistic. Mm-hmm. So sounds like a Peter Quint move Definitely. again, kind of a little nod to a potential possession happening here. Like I said, could be total, um, you know, a red herring or something, yeah. you know, that we're giving all of these things and it's probably bullshit, but it's just things that you can't discount. You have to kind of call them out. Um, and then the muddy footprints, mm-hmm. those were happening when Rebecca was there. So it's not Rebecca. Yeah. Leaving those footprints. Which means the like so, lady in the lake is a separate entity. Uh-huh. 
that that keeps going to the forbidden wing because mm-hmm. i was wondering about that as far as like the like the hidden ghosts and the hauntings is how much of that was before or after rebecca jessel because like i said the first time i watched this i didn't see any ghosts other than the one and that was during the danny timeline so i was like are there even any ghosts during rebecca's time there but then of course on on another watch i was like okay no they were so there was stuff going on beforehand yeah yeah so very interesting to kind of um you know hear some of these stories or some of these repeated things and learning that oh some of this stuff didn't start when you know rebecca was there like there was already weird shit going on And it seems like the kids were already a little bit weird, too, because, you know, Rebecca asks Peter on on their way to Bly Manor and she's like, well, you know, so tell me about the kids. And he's and he said he's like, well, the boy's a little bit of a dark horse. Uh, and, you know, the girl talks to wallpaper, you know. Yeah. So it seems like they're already a little odd in behavior. But again, granted, they lost their, their parents at, you know, a, a young age and. They don't mm-hmm. seem to have a lot of family around them. They have their housekeeper taking care of them. They have Owen and Jamie. They don't really have like real parents or family seeing after them. They're just kind of these little orphans kind of out on their own. So yeah, it probably helps explain some of their odd behavior a little bit. You know, you can't really fault them for it's, you know, I feel like I'm kind of taking up for them like Hannah does. Like, <laughs> well, you can't blame them for their strange behavior. You can't get onto them. You can't be hard on them because of look what they went through. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it, it's kind of hard to kind of fall into that. But, you know, it seems like there was maybe already kind of something there, you yeah. know, with their behavior or with these strange, you know, kind of, you know, footprints and things like that. So um, I think that was all that I had just in addition to what you were already calling out. So just interesting. Mm-hmm. All the things tying together. So... I think our number ones are probably going to be the same. I think so. I think. <laughs> since, we, since we talked about it a little bit earlier, I was about to say, I think number one, we, we fall in line with. So. I think so. So why don't you go ahead and get it kicked off and then um, yeah. you speak your piece and then I'll jump in um, and yeah. add to that. Cool. We'll team up on it. Yeah. Cause my number one was Peter Quint. And another thing that one of the small things I forgot to mention kind of earlier is uh, so when, when we see Peter pick up Rebecca to take her to the house, and not that this really even matters at all. It's like, that's not even a big deal, but it's just like one of those little things I kind of noticed. Is it, was it the same spot that Owen picked up Danny? It, it kind of seemed to be the exact same spot. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't get that good of a shot of it. And I, cause I was like, oh, that looks really familiar, but I didn't like mm-hmm. take a deep dive. I didn't pause my screen or anything like that, but it, it looked pretty yeah. darn familiar. Yeah. Cause I'm sure just like maybe just a lot of London streets and spots for pickups you know kind of those little areas maybe look similar i don't know yeah i don't know either i've never been (laughs) (laughs) i've been to london once but uh not that part of london yeah not like the more it was much more of the uh you know sightseeing touristy kind of stuff big ben and Uh, you know that's awesome the 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 big stuff right but but yeah, so that was just one of those little things. I was like, eh, maybe. But yeah, so what we really get into Peter Quint is, like I said, that I even knowing, you know, the way that Jamie had talked about him and Hannah had talked about him, I was still like, he seems genuine at first. I was like, I know there's something, they see something more sinister in him when they talk about him, so I'm sure something will happen. And 
definitely things flipped pretty quick. Uh, he gets a little more questionable, especially after he sleeps with Rebecca for the first time when they're kind of waking up that next morning in the same bed and he's trying to keep her in bed. And at first it seems kind of just like this, like attached, you know, almost, almost a little lovey playful. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, no, that's, that's normal. But it was when she's kind of dressed or whatever. And then when she starts to walk away and just how aggressively he grabs her arm uh-huh. to where it surprised her for a second. And I was kind of waiting to see more of a reaction from her, but it seems like she just kind of shrugged it off and talked him down and was just like, you know, just keep that thought, you know, I'll, you know, wait, wait till tonight. And he let her go, but it was kind of the first little hint of, you know, this possession, you know, you know, he's very possessive. He's a little aggressive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see that a little bit. And then, as we kind of go through again, you mentioned like the wine and the forbidden wing and stuff and the, the coat where he's really good at just saying, Oh yeah. You know, Henry signed off on this. I talked to Henry. He said, it's okay. We've got his blessing. You know, it comes from the top. We're good. Which I'm just like, clearly I don't believe him. I don't, uh-uh. I don't think he's telling the truth. And I think he's just using that. And Cause even, you know, we see when he's getting her into that, that room to give her the coat and stuff. And she's like, you know, I, I gotta, I need to, deal with the kids and he was like oh the kids are taken care of i've seen to it but then hannah goes in there going like the kids are it's like because it seems to be like dark (laughs) she's like the kids are just outside on the lawn by themselves why is nobody paying attention to them like clearly peter didn't do anything to see to them at all but he just lies to her and tells her that he did so he's just we're seeing this more whether he's being aggressive and possessive or just like manipulative and a liar and then I think the worst part that we see of him obviously is after the the scene in the kitchen with the cake batter, which again, watching it again and you're looking at like Owen and Rebecca, there was nothing like sexual or flirtatious, flirtatious at all in that exchange. No, like at all, but it, but it, it's a thorn in his side. And so he decides to go up and he's packing and he's leaving and basically just calls her a whore. (laughs) For lack of a better, you know, the long route about that where he's, you know, he's being very vulgar and very hurtful with his words. You know, I guess if some man's just going to say, open your mouth for something, you're going to do it. And now you say you you're sick of all these powerful men taking advantage of you, but, you know, age them down and dumb them up and you're you're right for it. You know, and he's being very hurtful and very, very hurtful, very rude. Yeah. And was it all it all it took up was the all it took was just like simple tasting cake batter, and he's decided that this is flirting and and a, a, you know an affront to and you know disrespect towards him, and he's just being a complete asshole. And again, it's it goes back to what Jamie had said about mixing up love and possession, mm-hmm. to where you see maybe he really doesn't love Rebecca in the way that he should. It's he's confusing that for. She's now something he owns, something that he is possessive of. And if anybody looks at her or she looks at anybody else, that that goes against him. Yeah. And clearly, Rebecca has never had experience with this type of man before, because those of us that have are screaming at their TVs like, (laughs) run, get the hell away from him. Don't spend another minute with him. You know, we're just like throwing it like he's throwing up all these red flags. Get away, yeah. get away, get away. And yeah, it was. But I mean, 
she doesn't see that. She doesn't know that. She doesn't, I guess, know what we know and see what we see. Um, and again, maybe she hasn't had experience with that type of personality, that type of, of man yet. Like, like I said, like some of us have. Uh, so yeah, definitely. I know a lot of us are probably like, oh my God, get away. What are you doing? <laughs> he's, he's not good for you. I know. It's like you would think in that situation that, you know, unfortunately, in reality, it isn't that way for a lot of people. But, yeah, you know, you would think it should be easy or sometimes should be, you know, to when he, you walk in, he's packing and you see he's angry about something. Oh, what happened? And then the second he was just like, oh, you're just going to sit there and, and flirt with him right there in front of me like that. That should be that flag. If you go, oh, you're crazy. Got it. Okay, bye. Okay, Have bye. a good trip. You know? Don't let the door hit you. Yeah, if, if <laughs> he had said something like that to me, uh, he would have got popped in the face. You know, uh, he would have had, you know, a, a fist to the face for saying something like, um, like he said to Rebecca about, you know, mm-hmm. you know, not having to ask twice to, you know, if somebody wants to put something in her mouth, you know, I yeah. mean, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, that, but she's a much gentler I think, person. So, yeah. So it was, so we finally, after, you know, these first couple of episodes, see these young lovers and the events that kick off, you know, this whole story in motion. Right. I mean, this is mm-hmm. kind of what we keep hearing about what we keep hearing about. This is kind of what, you know, almost kind of starts the story with the whole, the, the, the narrator and the, and the wedding and, you know, all, all of the things that we hear about happening, well, here we get to finally see it. And unfortunately, it's like what you were pointing out. This is like the worst kind of love story. This is not what I was <laughs> expecting. I thought this was going to be something that just sweeps you off your feet. But no, this was like the worst kind of love, love story because it's toxic and abusive and twisted and ultimately ends with Rebecca's death. Yeah. You know, this is how it's going to end. We know this. We know she's dead and we know it's because of him. Now, we don't know the whole story it would seem, uh, but clearly something, something transpired and it did cause her death. And that's tragic because she seemed like a really, you know, I, I enjoy Rebecca. We haven't really talked enough about her. We keep talking about Peter Quint, but we yeah. haven't talked a lot about Rebecca. Um, but she's a very smart, brave young lady and mm-hmm. was very capable. Didn't give two shits about the stain on her shirt. I thought what she said was very smart. She's like, you yeah. know, the, the kids are, you know, what seven seven and nine uh she's like it wouldn't do me very well to be um precious about blouses now would it and she's exactly (laughs) right you're dealing with little kids you're probably gonna have stains on your shirt and like she was joking about how she was cleaning up puke off miles's jumper well Mm -hmm. yeah kids you know they pee puke and poop you know or they they spill their food or they you know toss food or something so probably shouldn't be too worried about stains on the shirt makes perfect sense to me and thought you know she was very smart thought she was kind of smart about the way she was trying to get in about you know kind of being under henry's tutelage so thought she was a very smart lady and i think it kind of you understand a little bit about what hannah was saying you know that you know, she was, when she was talking about Rebecca, like, you know, she was a strong person. She was a very sweet person. So, of course, it was going to be a man like Peter Quint that was going to take her down. That's the only thing that could take her down. Yeah. You know, um, so I feel like we haven't given her enough due. But I really enjoyed meeting Rebecca and felt terrible for her in this episode that she was being treated the way that she was by Peter Quint. Um, but you can definitely kind of see, if you go back and... I, 
I think you can probably, if you're just really in tune to those kinds of things, you can see it on your first watch. But if you haven't, you'll definitely pick it up on your second watch when you see in the early days when Rebecca begins her employment there at Blind Manor, how Peter Quint immediately is romancing her. I think he even starts yeah. it during the interview. I mean, he clearly, during just the interview, uh, has his sights, you know, t- tuned into her. And yeah. he romances her while he's slowly building up these walls between the two of them and the rest of the staff. Mm-hmm. And you can see that um, clearly. And if his, you know, as he's warming up to her, um, you know, it, you can see some of the symbolism in in what he's doing. When you look at the way that the rose, that one single rose that, Flora gives to her after he gives her the flowers, how it's, it's in its own separate vase, which is apart from the rest of the bouquet. And he, Uh he notices that. Um, And you can tell it's like, he really admires her beauty, but he also wants to isolate her. He keeps trying to isolate her. Um, And it's just really kind of scary how he does that. You can kind of pick up on those things as you're watching the episode, how he's trying to, really kind of put some distance between them and her and just isolate those two or just mm-hmm. them two. And it's just really, yeah, he, he's really malevolent. Yeah. There's, I think just to say like a toxic personality is a little under appreciating exactly how, dark he really could be yeah but it's you can totally see how she gets swept up i mean he's super charming mm-hmm. which I, I he's got to be a narcissist and narcissists are pretty great at what they do it's why so many people you know fall under the trap of narcissists and yeah so he definitely seems to be exhibiting that same behavior he's charming as hell good looking as all get out and yeah. that accent holy shit <laughs> so, I mean, you can't blame at least for her initially falling for him, you yeah. know, and being kind of swept away a little bit, you know, and getting getting kind of caught up in that. But yeah, you can definitely. And then when he tells her <laughs> that night when he stays behind a little longer because of the storm. And so they have tea in the kitchen and then they move on to a drink in the study. And he, you know, he's like, well, thanks for the conversation. And I'm like, you were the only one talking, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) thanks for the conversation. I don't remember her, her saying so much. All we heard was about you, you know? So again, (laughs) just this behavior that I'm just like, red flag, red flag, (laughs) run, Rebecca, run. (laughs) I'm wondering, I just, I thought of something, you know, and talking about him and his, his idea of these, you know, finding somebody's key. Mm-hmm. What do you think was Rebecca's key? I have an idea, but what was it that got to her? I don't or what think was he trying to use? I don't think it was the flowers. No. <laughs> hmm. You know, you'd think that I would have tried that. I would have been thinking about that since he made such <laughs> a point to talk about it. And, uh, they seem to keep kind of focusing on that and that he was clearly, you know, like I said, he was definitely not genuine in the way that he talks to people, that he's talking to people, trying to get that information from them so he can learn what it is that he can use to 
manipulate them. Yeah. So what do I think? You know, I don't know. I, I'd have to think about it more and I don't have time to do that yeah. right now while we're sitting here podcasting. What do you think? I'm interested to hear what you, what, cause you have, I thought. think, yeah, I think at least, and it seemed to be working. So maybe it is the right key for her, but it was definitely the approach he was taking, but I think it was power. Ooh. I think it was like power or wealth or importance because he made a point of when they're talking of, you know, saying, you know, when I was growing up and where I come from, I wasn't part of the fucking club is what he says. And he, kind of gives her this story of, but I worked my way up and to become the person that I am, the important person I am now. And then they have that conversation about, you know, I can see through you. I see what you're trying to do. You, you building these relationships and you're working under Henry Wingate, Wingrave because this is what you're trying to accomplish and you need a right mentor for that. And he's kind of putting himself in that spot along with Henry, giving her this kind of end. Of, okay. We, you know, I know how you can achieve that power or importance or wealth because that's what you want. Even to when he takes her to that wing where you see he pulls out this very dusty and old vintage wine and this, you know, this beautiful coat that all oh, you have to wear. He's these, these little like symbols of wealth and importance that he's kind of pushing towards her. That's Ooh. what I pick up on. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I, I wouldn't argue with that at all. I think you're you're spot on. <laughs> I just thought of that too. That's not even in my notes, but I was just like, huh, I wonder. Isn't it nice <laughs> how those thoughts just make yeah. mind and you're talking them out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. I don't disagree with that at all. I think that makes that makes sense to me. Cool. Well, that was my number one too. I just kind of added into what, what you were saying and, you know, just kind of talking that out a little bit. Um, did you have some notes? Uh, no, we covered everything that I had. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to look through mine because I, I probably have a couple that we didn't already cover. One of them, yep, see one here. When Rebecca and Flora were playing with the dolls in their room uh, and Miles was like, dolls are dumb. And you see the little dolls that Rebecca has. Did did you pay any attention to those by chance? Because they're I, like some of the ghost dolls. Because she had like the jack o' lantern head and something else. There was a doll in Rebecca's hand that looked like Hannah to me. Ah, I didn't pick up on that one, but okay. It it just it. It creeped me out. It looked like uh, <laughs> the same colors and wardrobe that I saw Hannah wear in like the first episode. Yeah. Interesting. I could be completely off. I didn't, like I said, <laughs> I didn't pause it. I didn't go seek it out. I didn't go looking on the internet for screenshots. I try not to do those kinds of things because I'm afraid. It's dangerous that territory. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to totally get spoiled and see things I shouldn't or don't want to. So I didn't go seek it out, but I, you know, watched it twice and it caught my attention both times and that second time I really they, they really almost kind of focused on her hands you know you didn't see a whole lot of Rebecca other than her hands holding those dolls and I was like oh it's like mm-hmm. a Hannah doll I was like I thought those <laughs> were like ghost dolls Oy. anyway uh, like I said could be full of shit um, yeah I mean I know that Flora was making dolls kind of because she even made well, one for Rebecca she did you know, you're right. Maybe and I think there was Hannah one for doll. Flora herself too, because, you know, Hannah said, you know, hi, I'm Flora. That's but, true. You know, 
could be just and Flora says you know something's about <laughs> yeah because she was gonna make a doll for Rebecca and Rebecca at that yeah. time was alive so maybe it was just maybe she was making you know dolls mm-hmm. out of you know, maybe there was a Miles doll too um, so yeah, yeah I could be just looking she says for you know something. they're not made up they're all real so yeah I think that's, that's people that were living there. And the ghosts are there too. <laughs> That's true. Good point. Good point. Mm-hmm. Keep me honest. So yeah, we don't know, but it did creep me out thinking about mm-hmm. that some of them seem to be ghost dolls and then thinking about Hannah and how we speculate about her and how that's kind of a mystery. But yeah, good point. So yeah, probably wrong. Um, you mentioned Danny's ghost being right there in front of her without the yeah. reflection, like, Oh, something's happening there. And then how, scary was that when he seems to get like sucked back in like blind manner like sucks it back in (laughs) what the hell he belongs here now (laughs) yeah that that was messed up but yeah like he's not just in the reflections anymore it's like she can't like really control that um Mm -hmm. i think we did a good job oh yeah all right so now let's talk a little bit about if i can compose myself Let's talk a little bit about the hidden ghosts in this episode right. and where you can find them. So take notes, guys. Get your pen and paper out and be ready uh, to be scared. So the first one that we get is six minutes and two seconds. Uh, the plague doctor is behind Danny. Uh, this is when her and Hannah and the children are in the I'm going to call it a foyer, the entryway, whatever you want to call yeah. it, a blind manor. And the, the cop is there. So it's six, six minutes, two seconds in. And he is standing there behind her, kind of like in a doorway. It's tough to see. But if you look, you can see like that mask mm-hmm. um, of his, that pointed nose mask. Also, not 100% sure in this one, but I think also in the same scene, there's a possible soldier on the right side of the screen. So there's the plague doctor right behind Danny and then um, past the police officer in the back. It looks like a shadow. It's not so much his figure. It looks like a shadow, but not 100% sure about that one. But that's what it kind of looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, six minutes and 36 seconds. Uh, plague doctor is still there. We see another shot of Danny uh, and behind her shoulder. Plague doctor is still hanging out there because clearly this dude likes to be seen. Uh, he's around a lot. Uh, seven minutes and 17 seconds, the soldier under the stairs. Did you catch him? I did not. So this is when, uh, the policeman is leaving and Hannah, you know, calls out to him like, Hey, you know, I, I think I might call Mr. Wingrave. I think he's still in touch with your superior. You know, she gives him that whole speech. So if you look at Hannah uh, with the stairs behind her, there's like this archway or doorway between the stairs. The uh, soldier mm-hmm. is standing right there behind her. Oh, man. Right there. Uh, seven minutes and seven It's crazy seconds. how they can hide them in plain sight. Uh-huh. Sometimes. <laughs> yep. Okay, so seven minutes and 32 seconds. The child is outside of the door to the right of the police officer. Hmm. So you just see like half of her. You don't see like the full figure, but you see half of her. But it's kind of clear what's there. Um, And that's seven minutes and 32 seconds in. 
seven minutes and 54 seconds. The child is behind Danny as she is getting ready to go outside and do her own sweep. You can see um, this child again uh, in the hallway. A little blurry, I'll give you that, but it's there. Hmm. Uh, 12 minutes and five seconds in, uh, there's a figure behind Jamie. This is after her and Danny run into each other. And the shot of Jamie, um, there's trees behind her. And next to one of these trees, uh, there's a figure. Can't quite make it out distinctly. Again, it's a little blurry, but there's something there standing next to that tree. Yeah. Uh, 12 minutes and 50 seconds. Uh, now we're in the chapel. Uh, there's a soldier on the left side against the wall. He's kind of blending a little bit. Again, if your screens mm -hmm. are kind of dark, again, these are these are a little tough to see if your TV screens are set. But if you can up the the resolution a little bit or lighten them up a little bit, you'll see um, Soldier Boy standing along the wall <laughs> there um, next to the pews. And that's 12 minutes. And you really almost have to kind of lighten it up. It's 12 minutes, 50 seconds in. Um, 13 minutes and nine seconds. There's a possible figure behind Danny uh, in the window. Uh, there's not a shadow being cast on the wall behind her. I think this one's kind of up for debate, but go check that out at 13 minutes and nine seconds. This looks hmm. to be like when she's uh, walking into the chapel, um, kind of a, a short, small figure in that middle window. Again, eh, it might, it might be something <laughs> it might not. You guys decide. Uh, 15 minutes and five seconds. This one is, is also kind of hard to see. Uh, you almost have to kind of shift your color and lighting a little bit to see it. Um, but you can see a figure behind Owen on the I right side. I knew it. <laughs> Did you see it? Yeah. I, I saw it, but I was like, it could also just be like the way the door frame is or something like mm -hmm. that. It was one that's just so dark. It was like, it's like a shadow figure. Yeah. You can like outline. You did good. Yeah. You did good. Cause I, you know, yeah, it, it's a little dark, but I'm pretty sure there's something there. It's a little hard to make out, but I'm pretty confident there's a figure there. So yeah, check that out. 15 minutes and five seconds. You can see it again at 15 minutes and 13 seconds. All right. So the next one, 16 minutes and nine seconds soldier is right behind Rebecca. And I mean, he could breathe on her. I know, which is what surprises me that I missed him on my first watch. I saw him the second time, but I don't know how I missed him the first time. Well, you know, it's <laughs> some of them you see on that first watch. I feel uh, you might pick up on a couple of them, mm -hmm. uh, but you know, I get so caught up. I, I think we talked about in the first episode, we kind of, I've been trying to not focus so much about what's in the background. So I'm like, I'm missing what's happening in the story. I'm missing the dialogue. Yeah. I'm missing what's happening. And I feel like this is something you have to pay attention to. There's a lot of hidden meanings and messages in this, in this show. And I feel like I'm spending so much time looking for the ghost that I'm missing <laughs> that. So I feel like I'm starting to miss more and more because I'm so focused. And even on the second watch, because I'm doing my, my prep and my notes, I'm missing even more sometimes. So this dude literally could breathe on her. Um, mm -hmm. and that is at 16 minutes and nine seconds, but it's when she's talking to, uh, Flora and the dude is right behind her. All right. 20 minutes and six seconds. 
Soldier Boy's back. He's 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 becoming the new plague doctor of mm-hmm. Bly Manor. He's popping up everywhere. Um, he is to the right of Rebecca as her and Peter Quint are sitting in the kitchen having their tea. And the lightning flashes in that room behind her. He's right there. Can't miss him. Uh, 21 minutes and 40 seconds, or about right around this time, around 21 minutes, 40 seconds. Uh, there's a soldier on the right side. You can see him with a brief flash of lightning. He's a little tough to see, but he's he's there. He's pretty close to the screen. He's not far off. He's close to the screen. FYI. Uh, 30 minutes and 44 seconds. There is a child on the left. So this is when Danny wakes up. She's in like her yeah. nightgown and she's walking through like this like hallway or something. Child standing right there behind her. Being so sadly, this was the first one I noticed on my first watch. It took me this long to finally catch one <laughs> on the first time. Creepy. Yeah. It's creepy. Fucking it's, it's enough that it's a hidden ghost, but now we got kid ghosts. Yeah. Or doll ghosts. I mean, uh, yeah. The next one is at 32 minutes and 42 seconds. Uh, this is the one you called out earlier, Pake. Child, uh, we're saying with a doll mask, maybe, or child doll something in the mirror. Yeah. Um, again, when Danny walks in to find Flora is not in her bed, if you look in the reflection of the mirror, you will see it, and you see it again at 32 minutes and 50 seconds. It moves its damn head. Mm-hmm. And that's when I about passed out. <laughs> I say that, and I mean I it. It's creepy. I don't like it. Um, 33 minutes and 51 seconds. We get Rebecca behind mm-hmm. Danny. When she finds... Oh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It, it's not when you, you, we see her. But the, yeah, because I was thinking, you know, at the lake, I'm like, that's pretty obvious. That's like the whole focus of that shot. But I was like, yeah. I did not catch her behind Danny. Damn, I need to go back on that one. Yeah, 33 minutes, 51 seconds. This is when Danny finds Flora at the lake and she is picking her up. She's picking Flora up. If you look mm-hmm. where Danny's head is, you'll see Re- Rebecca's figure. Oof. <laughs> yep. And it looks to be who maybe, I guess, Flora was staring at, I guess. Um, 34 minutes and 48 seconds. The plague doctor is behind Danny. This is when her and Hannah are, you know, discussing, you know, what just happened and Henry Wingrave's not coming out. Uh, So there's a shot of uh, right past Danny down the hallway. He's at the end of the hallway behind her. Nice. This one, I'm not in... 100% 100% sure um, there's a couple of different things there in the kitchen when Hannah and Owen are in the kitchen. So at 37 minutes and 22 seconds, there's a possible figure in the room right off to the kitchen on the left side. Um, ha- kind of hard to make out. Not 100% sure about it, but it kind of looks like there's something there. So check that out. Let me know. Um this one was hard to spot, too. This one, and I don't like it because it's another kid. <laughs> At 37 minutes and 51 seconds, it looks to be a child next to the cabinets. 
So kind of where the sink and the line of cabinets along that wall, like where Peter Quint was leaning as the whole cake batter scene was happening. Um, There seems to be a gap between those cabinets and the wall and squatting down next to those cabinets and in between this wall space, there looks to be a child. Mm. Don't like it. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) And that's it. That's all we got. Man. Yeah. And then for the not so hidden ghosts, that was, we've talked about him. Uh, That was this uh, mirror. Um, We're calling him mirror guy. (laughs) So (laughs) he's not so, so much in a mirror, but um, that seems to be the not, the one not so hidden ghost of this episode. There was just the one. And we've talked about him. So there are your hidden ghosts for episode three, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy. Man, so many. A lot. They're getting like harder to spot, I think, as you kind of go. The first episode was very just like, oh, they're there. They're there. But yeah, at least for me, it's getting harder. Did you go back and look at the other episode with the hands under the kitchen table? I forgot to do that. I still haven't gone back to find that one yet. I need to. Don't make me know this alone, Paige. <laughs> I need to know someone else has seen this and been as is is thoroughly creeped out about it as I have been because I'm still not over it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They're doing it. Like I said, it's it's a lot. It's it's a little different. There are a, a lot of them hidden in some very dark shadow. Um, there's some that you just catch the side of them, like they're just they're kind of being uh, hidden behind a, a wall. Or, you know, something like they're, you're not seeing the whole thing. And they're very blurred. They're not very clear. So you're not quite sure what you're seeing, which I think adds a little bit to the element. Yeah. That's for me. I don't know. It's getting me, guys. It's getting me. <laughs> Maybe it doesn't take that. Maybe I'm a big old sissy in my old age. I don't know. Um, so that leads us then to um, our favorite part of the podcast, and that's our listener feedback so i'll take this first one that we have from don elizabeth this week she says i always assumed that peter was a ghost and i think i might still be correct i had no idea that he worked for henry and although he was in blind manor i wonder if henry really knew about the amount of time he was spending there with miss jessel i doubt peter giving her that fur coat and opening wine was within his rights i'd also thought he had a hand in her death while at the same time i suspect that flora had something to do with it too I expect we will find out the truth eventually. I was glad that we got the origins of Simply Splendid, which means perfectly splendid, Perfectly. Um, which I find creepy that Flora adopted that saying and where Miles got the idea about the keys. I love the cake scene. It showed a real family side to all of them. Well, except for Peter, who's a jerk. <laughs> yes. uh, poor Owen with his mother dying when he wasn't there, except that I am suspecting that he had something to do with it. Oh, goodness. That's a little, mm. yeah. Um, I like Owen a lot and don't want him to be a bad guy. It was great that he came to stay at the manor, but I find it very strange that he did so after always leaving before dark to go home to his mother. Sorry, this is so long, but a couple more things. Does that disappearing crack that Hannah sees look like a stick figure to anyone else? Hmm. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, she goes on. Rima, last week you talked about Flora in the attic with the ghost. Do you remember that in her dollhouse's attic, there was a ghost laying on the floor? I'm trying to forget. Yeah. 
<laughs> Honestly, I'm trying to forget that. I think I do remember that after yeah. seeing that. Mm-hmm. I feel like I need to go back and watch that scene, or I just need some screenshots. Yeah, of... it was up there, like lying down behind a box or something. I remember. Yeah, and 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 I think I mentioned before that we need to pay attention to, like, we, I need <laughs> screenshots. And we just need to kind of pay attention to the placement and the rooms and locations and and those dolls and the clothes that they're wearing, things like that. I feel like they're a part of the story. Maybe not super important, but a part. And could be important. Uh, so yeah, I'm, try- I'm trying to forget that. Don, thanks. Um, so she goes on, and I like you thinking that the spectacles of the mirror ghosts look like reflections from headlights. I think you have something there. Looking forward to what you and Pink have to say. Thanks, Don. I look forward to hearing thanks. what you have to say. Yeah. All right. Lindsay Schlicht says, "Not going to be a party pooper this week with paragraphs of complaints. I'll just say, could not have been more bored, and it's currently the podcast and not the show that has me sticking around. Fingers crossed it improves." Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, hopefully it does improve that. for you. Yeah, hopefully it does improve for you. Uh, but it does. Yeah, I appreciate that you are enjoying listening to us enough to to keep on it. So that definitely is a, a nice spot on there. <laughs> well, Lindsay, uh, let us know if I mean, is it changing your feelings any at all after you're listening to the podcast? I mean, maybe if the show's not what you quite expected to be or living up to what you wanted it to be. And then, you know, listening to us is a change your feelings about that episode. Maybe um, I'd be curious to know, but thanks for that lovely compliment that, you know, mm-hmm. I, like I said, it's nice that you're listening to us, but I'm a little sad that you're not into it, but it's okay. It's okay. Not everybody's into everything. Mm-hmm. We, totally. we appreciate you. Um, we did get an email this week. Um, from our good friend Jay. He says, hello, I just finished the third episode and let me say, what the hell is happening? (laughs) This little boy's got major problems. It's almost if he's a fully grown adult trapped in a child's body with a creep factor of 11. Still loving Victoria Pajotti. Can't wait for you season three. Yeah, me too, Uh, in the main role. And I find it interesting that pretty much every scene takes place in such a claustrophobic setting even if the mansion is huge. Overall, can't wait to see where all these plot threads unravel. Yeah, that's a good point. It does seem a little claustrophobic, doesn't it? It does. Must have something to do with how Mike Flanagan shoots it or something. He's he's so brilliant. If we get another episode like we did with um, with Bly Manor, which not to be spoilery or anything, but the, uh, the Two Storms episode... Yeah. Like that consecutive shot. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Without spoiling the episode itself, but yeah, it's for those who haven't watched it or haven't known. Yeah. I think it's all done. And I remember Henry Thomas himself actually corrected me on the right number when we were talking to him. And I don't remember, I've already forgotten again what he said, but yeah, it was like three or four continuous shots make up the entire episode. And it just kind of, they just, keep the camera moving from character to character to they had like this whole set done to where they could open a door and then move from like they're in one location and go all the way back to a different location and it's all filmed in the same spot it was really cool yeah absolutely yeah if we get something like that I, I just i love his filmmaking i think he's creative and and a little different and uh i mean clearly i'm a fan um <laughs> We actually did just get a last-minute addition to our email, so I'm going to read that really quickly before we move on to the voice messages, and since I just got it, 
you don't have a cake, so I'll go ahead and read. Yeah. I'll go ahead All and right. read it because we literally just got it. Um, cool. So this one is from uh, Patrick. Um, he says, "Hi guys, first time writing, but big fan of the podcast. I first started listening after I slowly made my way through the Haunting of Hill House and had absolutely no one to discuss it with. I came across the ten episodes of the podcast and truly appreciated listening to the conversation. I may have even needed it." Um, I'm loving The Haunting of Blind Manor so far. It has all the deep trauma of relatable people that makes for an affecting ghost story. And good lord, this one has the whole suite of ghosts. So many ghosts, so many storylines, and even with the first real appearance of Miss Jessel and that bit of backstory, we are a third of the way through the series and still accumulating questions. So I just wanted to throw something out there that broke my brain open during the Hill House series and continues in to Blind Manor. It's the way that the inner lives of children are portrayed. We see these charming, bright, shockingly aware kids respond to the world around them and then have to deal with this hidden aspect of their surroundings, showing itself for its own malignant purposes. Sometimes the kids are the target, and sometimes they just happen to be in the way, and honestly, I don't know which I find more horrific. Laura has this acceptance of her environment that I find fascinating, whether it's shushing the attic ghost, not a fan of that one, or staring <laughs> down Miss Jessel from across the lake. She's a tough one just looking to control what she can. Miles, on the other hand, is so sad and so vulnerable that it's no wonder, and I'm not sure I understand it yet, so I'll just say he seems receptive to outside influence. In Hill House, we had the perspective of being able to see the effects of the kids' experiences on the adults that they became. I don't know if the scope of our narrator's story includes who Flora and Miles became or become, but my mind keeps drifting to that, and even in this tiny and sealer world, it's hard to imagine they came out of it any better than the adults who care for them. Thanks again for the work you put into the podcast. I never spot the background ghosts, but I do love that you guys put the effort in. I'd rather not. So far, I'm watching this show week to week, but with two young kids teaching and my partner not watching this one with me, I kind of have to take any opportunity I get, but I'll be listening. That was Thanks so much for writing in. That was great. Yeah, That was a great email, Patrick. That was, that was awesome. And what great insight. And I totally get, that's a really nice thing to say, by the way, about Hill House. I've talked many times. I sound like a broken record and I apologize in advance, but the -hmm. Hill House had a huge impact on me. And I know it did on many people. Yeah. Uh, You know, that, that left a very heavy emotional toll on me. And that was difficult to cover that week by week and to not just talk about it, but to really dissect it, watch it twice and do all the things that we do to you know, cover it on a podcast. It was a lot to take on. And it, I, I still haven't rewatched it since we watched it two years ago. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I might after we cover Bly Manor, uh, just because it's so awesome. And it's kind of that you know, it's Halloween season and seems appropriate. Um, but that's a really nice thing to say whenever he, he says, you know, that he didn't have anyone to discuss it with. And of course, that's what we've all done in our lives is turn the podcast because we don't have anyone mm-hmm. to talk to about it in our real life. And he says, I may have even needed it. And that's a nice thing to say. Yeah. So, thank you. And I think that's some really great insight in what you say about the comparisons of the children in the show from Hill House and Bly Manor. That's really interesting. So Patrick, I, mm-hmm. I hope that you'll continue to write in and, and share, um, you know, even if, even if you're not on with us on the same week, um, I'd, I'd appreciate getting any insight that you have. Yeah, for sure. That's great. Okay, so that covers our emails. We did get a couple of voicemails this week. And the first one that we have is from our good friend, Daphne. 
Hi, Rima and Peg. This is Daphne sending in my feedback for The Haunting of Blind Manor, Episode 3, The Two Faces, Part 1. Which leads me to believe we must be getting a Part 2 eventually, so I guess that's something to look forward to. I love how this episode started with Tainted Love by Soft Cell. It's a perfectly fitting 80s song, and it also fits for what we're about to see when we meet and learn more about Rebecca Jessel and Peter Quint and their somewhat toxic love affair. It's such a contrast to see Oliver Jackson Cohen in this role as Peter Quint versus last season's Luke on Hill House. Here we're getting this handsome, charismatic man who becomes infatuated with Miss Jessel, and then we see his cold, manipulative nature as he attempts to possess her and assert ownership over her. I found that just a bit creepy. The ghost that continues to haunt Danny, I'm more convinced than ever that those bright glowing eyes are really a reflection from those glasses, which makes me so much more curious to find out who it is and what happened to him. I think it's a guy. I'm still going week to week with you guys, so I have not looked ahead. Poor Owen. He's probably my favorite character, and it's sad that he lost his mom. And I also think that Danny and Jamie seem to be catching a few feelings, but I guess we'll see going forward if anything comes out of that. Not sure. Can't wait to hear what you guys think. Thank you. Thank you, Daphne. Thanks. (laughs) Always wonderful to hear from you. Thanks for sticking with this week by week. Yeah. We've got people being uh, fully tortured like we are. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's always always so hard not to just watch the next one. Thanks again, Daphne. Mm -hmm. Um, We do have another voice message from our good friend, Steve Brown. Hey, Rumi and Pake, it's Steve, and I just rewatched episode two uh, before I watched episode three once. Is that right? Yeah. I'm so mixed up. But no, I got it. I got it. I rewatched episode two, and in episode two, we see Miles doing things, and I totally agree that he's doing things to try to get himself sent home because he got the come home letter from, uh, from, from, from Flora. And, but here's a question that just occurred to me. I don't know why I didn't think about it before. Why was Flora home? What did, was she at a boarding school and got sent home? Um, she's only a couple years younger than him, so she must have been, right? Okay. So, okay, now on to episode three, the Peter Quint-centric, huh, Quint-centric episode. Um, interesting stuff. Um we don't actually see Hannah drink the tea because the camera goes to the back of her head when she supposedly tastes the tea and then or or whatever it was that she ate. I don't anyway, the, the camera goes when she goes to eat or drink something. I don't know. I've only watched it once and I've had a couple of bourbons. Um, she uh, the camera perspective goes to the back of her head and you, you don't actually see her eat it. So I'm still we're still uh, on the fence on uh, her presence, uh, but everybody interacts with her. So I don't know. Um, 
interesting seeing Peter Quint and uh, Rebecca Jessel. Rebecca, is that the name? Jessel. Anyway, Miss Jessel. Uh, and interesting to see going forward, we, we, we finally get a glimpse of the lady in the lake very briefly there. Uh, and, you know, I, I can't wait to hear you guys tell me what ghosts I miss because I didn't see any hidden ghosts. I saw the obvious ghosts. But other than that, uh, okay, yeah, uh, can't wait to hear you guys' uh, podcast on this one. And then I can't wait to watch episode four after I listen to your podcast in episode three. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> Thank you. I love our listeners. Yeah. So awesome and supportive. Well, thank, thanks everyone so much for taking the time to write to us on Facebook, send us emails and send us in voice messages. Um, It's really easy to do a voice message. If you have the voice message app on your phone to record something and you can email it to us. And the cool thing about doing that instead of like leaving a voicemail on someone's phone is that like, if you record it and you're like, Oh man, I messed up what I said, you can just delete it and you can start all over again and we'll never know. Um, (laughs) So we hope that, that, you know, we'll get, more calls and things like that but thank you everyone for taking the time thanks for sticking with us week by week and um keep keep writing in yeah always love hearing from you yeah uh so next week we'll be covering episode four of the haunting of blind manor titled the way it came yeah so we're not getting a part two right away um (laughs) Mm -hmm. no did we think we were gonna get so satisfied so early? No. <laughs> Why would we think that? <laughs> Why would we give you answers? We keep the mystery going for a little while longer. Yeah, I, I'm mm-hmm. curious if, because of what how the episode ended with Danny's ghost, if now we're gonna find out what that's about a little bit. Oh, I would love that. Yeah, I kind of want to know, and I'm kind of scared to know. I, mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to be creepy and scary, which is what the show is. So I don't know why I'm expecting anything different. But um, as much as I talk about love being scared, sometimes I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you that you're <laughs> asking for this shit? We are excited for you to follow us to Blind Manor. But until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Strange Teacast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Stranger Teacast. You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com. And go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts. And speaking of great podcasts, be sure to check out Peek and his other podcast called Run For Your Lives, um, where Mm -hmm. he and our good friend Daphne, whom you heard from earlier, cover monster movies, creature features, and disaster films. And you can find yeah. them anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcasts and uh, at runforyourlivespodcast.com. Yeah. What's coming up? This next episode coming up will be Dante's Peak. Oh, I love that one. Movie so from the 90s. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan and Linda Hamilton. And yes. we had a special guest for the first time on there. We had our good friend Mark Kirkman come on and join us. Yay, Mark. And it was a blast we had a good time and then speaking of us having special guests on there i'm gonna go ahead and tease it ahead of time whether daphne's gonna love that or not go ahead because we're gonna try to get it up it's it'll be a few weeks out so you'll have to wait a few weeks but hey you got plenty of other 
great movies that we've covered. So catch up on Run For Your Lives while you're at it and wait a few weeks. And then we recorded yesterday with Rima covering another movie. We had a Quint essential character. (laughs) (laughs) So we covered the movie Jaws with Rima. And so that should be up in a few weeks. And it was it was a lot of fun. So I definitely hope if there's any episode that you Strange Indeed listeners should listen to. You want more Rima? Go over to Run for Your Lives in a few weeks and check out our coverage of Jaws because that was a lot of fun. Who doesn't want more Rima? Come on. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, that was so much fun. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think someone would be absolutely crazy to give me an opportunity to talk about Jaws because I love it so damn much. And I just drive people crazy in my real life about how much I quote it, how much I talk about it, and how much I love it. When you guys are like, do you want to come on and talk about Jaws? And I'm like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> Super fun. And I, I really look forward to, um, to that episode coming out. So yeah. But yeah, like you said, until then, there's certainly some some good episodes that you guys have coming out, and I really look forward to to Dante's Peak. That is that's yeah. one of me and my daughter's favorite movies. Absolutely, it doesn't get enough love. Mm-hmm. It didn't get enough love at all. It's it's definitely overlooked. So yeah, look forward to hearing um, y'all's discussion on that one. Yep, it was we had fun with it. Yeah, and then yeah, there's been a lot of movies. So catch up. It was good stuff. We did. I think our biggest ones right now, like Jurassic Park, is always a good one to go to. We had a lot of fun with that. So, yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Good ones. All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Paik. And Chris Lang is strange indeed.